All right, Min, one of our own is in the hospital right now uh, fighting for his life. The doctors have said that he only has a 25% survival rate. One of our own. One of the most committed guys that comes here every week with his dad. I'm about to cry, so I'm going to have to turn it over to Scott here in a second. But I'd like to pray for Ron Cole this morning because we serve a God that can turn that into 100% survival. And I'm going to ask Scott to pray for a miracle this morning. And I'd love for the men that are on this side of the room to come over and put some hands on Bob and pray over him and let him know that we're here for him and his family and support. And so, Scott, I'd ask you to please pray a miracle that Ron would survive this and he'd come back strong. All right. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And Father, we thank you so much for being a God of relationships, and we thank you for the relationships that you call us into here within Ironman, within a community of brothers. And Father, we come before you on behalf of our brother Ron, and Lord, as he's fighting for his life. God, we just pray that you would just be with him, Lord, be with all those who love him. And Father, we know that you are sovereign. We know that your ways are best. And Father, yet we know that you give us the option, and we're going to claim that option today, Lord, to ask for a miracle, Father. And we just come before you on behalf of our brother Ron. God, we know that doctors are giving him 25%. Father, we ask that that become 100%, Lord, that there would be an awesome victory, that you would once again rob, rob death and allow Ron to come back and be in communion with us, Father. Father, we know and we ask on Ron's behalf, on the behalf of his family, on the behalf of all of us that love him, and yet we also ask, as our loving Savior said, Lord, that your will be done. And Father, we just come before you and just plead on behalf of Ron, and Lord, if it be your will that you would allow him to experience more time among us and that we would all be able to celebrate that, Father. And yet, if this cup does not pass from us, Father, we know that you are still sovereign, you are still loving, you are the, the most awesome, loving Father. And Lord, we just come before you on our knees. Let's take a knee, if we would. Father, again, we just, we humble ourselves, Father, and we know that we are powerless. And these moments allow us to recognize just how powerless we are, Father. And we just come before you, and we just beg you. And Lord, we just ask, just ask for a miracle, Father. And we love you so much. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We love you, Bob. We love your son. All right. Guys, before Dave comes up and introduces our speaker this morning, I got to tell you how proud I am of this group in particular for owning that conference. You guys owned it. And it was so amazing just to see all of you guys there participating in some form or some fashion. So I just want to tell you how proud I was of Ironman Connect in particular. So thank you, guys. Dave Ogden, come on up and introduce our speaker. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome job at the conference, everybody. It's just going to be on for a quick second. You know, I was thinking, as we pray, we, uh, we pray for thy will to be done. We've got to be willing for my will to be undone. So hopefully this week and as we go through the week, we, we think about that. We each get some really deep introspection. I know we've got a lot of folks here suffering from COVID, so we've been in a lot of deep prayer for that. So we will continue that. So I get the uh, introduction today and talk about this week, this month, we're uh, having a balanced life. We're talking about how do we do that, man? No better time than coming out of COVID and coming out of all the tragedies and, and things that we see. How do we have a balanced life? And um, 
Next week I'll talk about this a little bit more, but you guys know out of Ironman of God, we, we have the Got Your Six. There are some posters up here for seminars that we're doing. So if you know a first responder or military personnel or their family member, we have these conferences coming up. And just so you know, each one of them's on the front, but all of them there are on the back. It's a free conference being held up at the Hope Center. We have women in law enforcement, first responder marriages, crisis management, financial peace, and rewirement. Talk about having a balanced life. My passion is first responders, and what I want them to have is a balanced life as we go through all this tragedy, because I think that is the key to solving the problems in our community. The key is our relationship with Christ. So I get to introduce uh, Sean's coming up here next. I can tell you about, I think it's what, two months ago, Sean, the three of us sat down and talked about what we were planning, what we're going to do, and talk about to have a balanced life. Sean was already ready, which I said, uh-oh, that means expect that you're going to have probably maybe 10 pages worth of notes that you're going to have to whittle down, whittle down, whittle down. And I know in the last couple days, we've been texting quite a bit. He's like, I got all this material. I'm like, that's awesome. We're just going to, you know, let's just pray. And our group has prayed for him and allow God to kind of have that material come out of him anyway. It's his material. It's not our material. But man, Sean's been such an integral part of our group. And for those of you who don't know, we have a WhatsApp that we, we talk every day. Sometimes we banter, we goof back and forth. But you know, one of the most amazing things I was telling David Hill just the other day, I'm like, listen, we have a group of guys and we talk about God each and every single day. Whether we're debating a scripture, deep in our theology, challenging each other, to be better men, to be better husbands, to be better leaders. We're talking about our Lord every day. We're not getting together, going to the bar, going to the wrong bar. We're not doing the wrong things. This is what we're doing. So if our wives complain, we're like little old ladies bantering back and forth. I think that's okay, don't you? I think that's actually a good thing. And Sean's been such a great part of that. I know every time that we have something go through, he has such deep thought about the items that are topics that kind of brings us back to thinking about the gospel. In addition to that, I know that we have prayed for Sean and walked along his journey, especially in the last year and a half, which has been a very, very tough journey. And I'm sure some of that will come out in his presentation today, which is just amazing. And he has had, certainly had some trials and tragedies in his family's life that we've had the opportunity to pray for him and to watch some amazing Christian men and women in his family kind of walk the walk through some of the toughest times. And some of those times have even been to where people have met our Lord Jesus Christ and they're already with him today. So those are tough times. So guys, without further ado, I don't want to take up any more time. Sean, come on up. Well, good morning, everybody. So weird hearing your voice through a speaker. As Dave said, I had a lot of time to prep, so I had way too much material, like two hours worth if I had done everything. So I wheeled it down to 10 minutes-ish, but to keep me on task and not to get on tangents, I'm going to be reading most of it. So uh, I'll be boring as heck to watch. So let's uh, start with a prayer. Heavenly Father, a gracious, merciful, and loving Lord, I pray for myself and the men before me that we ask for less of us and more of you. I pray for our will to be your will, Lord, and I pray that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, take your word and apply it to our minds that we may not grow shallow, apply it to our hearts that we may not grow cold, and apply it to our feet that we might not be hearers of your word, but doers also. In your heavenly name we pray. Amen. So the topic, as Dave said, is living a balanced life. Tim Keller said, the spirit-filled Spirit-fueled development of Christ-like character is liberating because it brings us closer to being the people we were designed to be and the people our spirit-renewed hearts want us to be. Galatians 5, 16 through 26 has a lot to say, but for today, I'd like to focus on verses 22 and 23. But for the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. 
And for clarity's sake, this is a single fruit, not nine fruits. This is a single fruit with nine parts that define characteristics of Christ that will manifest in those with a spirit-led heart. And keep in mind, this is not cultural love. This is godlike love. This is not cultural kindness and goodness. This is godlike kindness and goodness. And the same goes for all the characteristics. There is a difference, and it is noticeable. By striving to be the people we were designed to be, we will live the life we were designed to live. By displaying the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, we are living as God in all his infinite wisdom, knowledge, and glory designed us to live. And this is what I offer to you to describe how to live a balanced life. And what is great about the fruit of the Spirit is its specificity and its characteristics. It's measurable and noticeable, and that you know when you're acting in a loving and kind manner, if you're being gentle with your words and actions, and if you're displaying self-control. And there are no limits to them. You can never show or display too much love or joy or patience for example. The characteristics are as infinite in their application as God himself. So, how does one bear this fruit? In John 15, Christ says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he is it that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So, the bottom line, brothers, is if you want a life-producing fruit, you need to be connected to the vine. You need to be connected to Christ. So let me ask you, how is your relationship with Jesus? For those that are not aware, I could be described as an iron man among iron men. About seven years ago, I began a two-and-a-half-year journey to complete an ultra-distance triathlon known as Ironman. It consists of a 2.4-mile swim, a 112-mile bike, and a 26.2-mile run for a grand total of 140.6 miles in a very long day. <laughs> The race has been described as one of the most grueling physical experiences that a person can choose to put themselves through and is designed to test the limits of human endurance. So why on earth would I do such a thing, you might be asking yourselves. <laughs> well, I wanted to challenge myself and have a tangible example for my kids to, to see what you can accomplish. But it was for selfish reasons too. Less than 1% of the US population has ever completed a marathon, and it's smaller when considering the global population. And reduces even more when you consider an ultra-distance triathlon like a marathon that actually puts the, like an Ironman, that actually puts a marathon at the end of the race. I'm not gonna lie, it was a cool thing to do. It's cool to do something that very few people have ever done, but it's a big step to say to yourself, I wanna do an Ironman. You know going in that's gonna be a lot of work, that's gonna be a lot of learning, a lot of soul searching, and a lot of fears that will need to be conquered. It's gonna be a big commitment and a decision that not only affects you, but also those around you. So when I was ready, I found a race, registered, and officially committed to doing an Ironman. And my journey began. I researched and bought all the gear I was going to need to train and race with. I found a bike shop and bought a bike. I looked for tri clubs to be a part of, find people with similar goals to train with and learn from. And I began to learn how to balance my time between work, family, and other obligations. I learned that some stuff came easy and others didn't. The people I trained with became friends and pushed me to be the best I could be, to have fun, and who were willing to suffer and the training side by side with me. For some perspective, the training for a part-timer like myself for a full distance Ironman ranges from 12 to 20 hours a week. To commit to doing a race like this changed my life. The friends I used to see all the time but did not see nearly as much anymore. Spare time became a foreign idea to me. I sacrificed my time, time with my family, time with my friends, time for my interests. The list goes on. However, I found myself accomplishing things I never thought I would. In a community that is supportive and cherishes the accomplishments of its members, it was and still is an amazing journey. Which brings us now to race day. All the race, all the training, the tears, the pain, the suffering, the sacrifice, the last and the smiles to get to this point arrived. The cannon went off and the race began. I jumped into the water to test my might. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. The Ironman race was no joke. For me, it was a 10 and a half hour endurance fest. The 16 hours is the cutoff, so you have to, <laughs> you have to finish in 16 hours or you don't even get credit for the race. <laughs> 
It's a battle of mind and body. You're racing with other people, but more importantly, you're racing yourself. You are trying to get the best possible version of yourself out there. After all the work you did and the goal at hand, you have the determination to succeed. However, as any racer knows, very rarely does everything ever go perfectly. Perhaps the water is really choppy and the race director cancels the swim. Perhaps the weather is stormy and they cancel the race altogether. Perhaps it rains throughout the race or it's really hot or you mess up your nutrition. Perhaps you have the mechanical issue on the bike or you crash. A lot can and does go wrong, but it's important to remain calm and focused. You can only control what you have control over, which is not much. Fortunately for my Ironman, it was a beautiful day, praise Jesus, but it was not without bad passions. You find yourself wanting to quit, you ask yourself if it's all worth it. Your legs ache, your shoulders hurt. I found myself repeating throughout the race, under my breath, you will be an Ironman, you will be an Ironman. <laughs> I had to keep myself focused on the prize. I wanted to cross the finish line and hear those words, Sean Sillick, you are an Ironman. And I did. I finished the race and accomplished my goal. I wanted to die, but I finished. <laughs> So what does this have to do with connecting to Christ and producing fruit? Well, I found that my journey to an Ironman mirrors one's walk with Christ. You see, taking the step to sign up for the race is not all that different than taking the step and figuring out if Jesus is who he said he is. It's the first step to committing yourself to something that could be intimidating or scary, but also life-changing and glorious. And with that decision, your life begins to change. It becomes filled with the church, praying, Bible studies, and new friends. You find yourself making different decisions and realizing Jesus fills the hole in your life that you've been missing. You believe, you repent, and you choose to receive him as your Lord and Savior and are baptized in the Holy Spirit. And with that, brothers, your race begins. The endurance race of sanctification good works. This is probably where the most of us in this room currently find ourselves. And it's not an easy race, is it? Things rarely go, ever go as planned. We have good days and bad days, happy days, overwhelming days, too tired days, and days I can't go on. Yet regardless of the circumstances we find ourselves in, we endure and rejoice in the sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says, Let us run with endurance the race set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Brothers, run the endurance race set before you. If my description of an Ironman race was any indication of the work, sacrifice, pain, and mental fortitude needed to, for enduring such an event, I promise you it is nothing compared to what Christ calls us to do. You know, I didn't get this emotional at any point reading this up to this point. <laughs> this is all surprising. <laughs> I was willing to change my life, sacrifice my time and money, and put my body through an incredible amount of suffering and sacrifice to stand before you right now and say, I am an Iron Man. I did all that for a silly little phrase and experience that will be with me forever. And Christ, for the joy set before him, endured the cross. I do not think we can ever comprehend the magnitude of the suffering he endured. And yet, the joy that awaited him when he finished made it all worth it. Yeah. I'm almost done. So, we look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, for guidance. He is the vine, and we, as branches, must be connected to him in order to bear fruit. Christ says in John 15, 8, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. And just like an endurance race, you put, your ta you put to task your training. You take everything you learned and you worked on, and follow Christ's example, growing in faith and love. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ for good works, which God prepared before him, that we should walk in them. Ephesians 2.10.
Brothers, Christ prayed to the Father a lot. He spent time doing it alone and in groups, and we should also do it. Christ surrounded himself with community, followers that would become disciples who would both learn from him and support him. So we should be in community both learning from and mentoring disciples. And within Christ's community, there were a select few who were very close to him. Likewise, we should also have people that we do life with who can hold us accountable and keep us in the direction of true north. And finally, Christ was on a mission, or rather, he was leading the race. Christ came for the salvation of humanity, and as such, we should be participating in the continuation of the race set before us to share the gospel with the world. Brothers, if you're living a Christ-centered, spirit-filled life, producing the fruit of the Spirit, then you're well on your way to a balanced life, or rather, the life you were designed to live. But it is a lifelong journey, and with each day you train and you suffer, the endurance race set before you. Paul said to the Ephesians in Acts 20, I'm going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. But I do not count my life of any value, nor as precious to myself. If only I may finish my race in the ministry that I have received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. It's funny. The slogan for Iron Man is anything is possible, but we know better. As Jesus states in Matthew 19:26, only with God are all things possible. I recently went to a funeral for a friend's mother. Prior to the funeral, the family had asked those that knew her to provide one or two depictions or characteristics that best described her in their lives. And then they put it, all the responses together in a vignette, with the words that were used the most being large and boldest in the middle. As you read outward from the center, the words got smaller and less noticeable. Obviously, every word provided was an amazing testament to this woman's life. But do you know which one stood out the most? Generous. Loving, faithful, kind, caring, and giving. These are words describing a spirit-filled life. Brothers, if I may be so bold, my prayer for you and for myself is that when we finish our race, or maybe even along the way, that when people are asked to describe us, they use words like... Loving, joyful, peaceful, patient, kind, good, faithful, gentle, and restrained. If you're wondering what's at the end of the race and the glory before us, I leave you with this from 2 Timothy 4, 7, and 8. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day, and not only to me, but also to those who loved his appearing. Thank you. I'll never forget when Sean first came to Ironman, and somehow in that conversation, I found out that he was an Iron Man. And I, when you meet a guy that's an Ironman, you just stand up a little straighter in terms of respect. And I always thought, man, what it would look like for an Ironman to lead Ironmen? And that's what he did this morning. So thank you, brother. It's amazing. Appreciate you. I've run a marathon. At the end of the marathon, Sean, it was not pretty. I've done a century ride, and at the end of the century ride, it wasn't pretty. I've swam two and a half miles, and at the end of that, I wasn't pretty. But I can't imagine doing all three in one day. At the end of my marathon, my wife called me and she says, you completed the race, come on down to the car, we're going to go to dinner. And I'm like, bring the wheelchair. <laughs> she said, no, you just finished running 26.2. And I'm like, no, literally bring the wheelchair. And I, uh, the next day she had the gall to ask me, Sean, to go to Publix and get milk. You know those little carts that you drive around in the... St- <laughs> 7 a.m., I'm like... <laughs> I got in one of those. Anyways, you know, at the end of the day, like Sean just said, the mic is going to be at the front of the room. And whether you uh, are in a a urn or whether you're in the casket, you know, how are people going to come up to the front of the room and talk about you? 
What are they going to say about your life? Are they going to say you led a generous life, a kind life, the fruit of the Spirit like Sean just talked about? Every one of us. We can't escape that. The mic is going to be at the front of the room. What are people going to say about you? What is your wife going to say about you? What are your kids going to say about you? What are fellow friends going to say about you? What would you like for them to say about you? So, Sean, thank you for that. We all want to hear the master say what? Well done. Well done. All right. Table captains, you've got the questions.